AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome into the 615 Sessions podcast. It's great to be back with you guys for another episode. We got the main man, Teron Davenport, ESPN.com's own here riding with us. TD, it's lovely to see you. Yeah, it's great to be seen, man. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, we're back in the swing of things. It's, it's, uh, I always like draft is always fun because it's like a three day lock in with all of us. And by the end of it, you know, everybody's happy to see everybody go home. And then, yeah. you know, once we start to get back, uh, back onto the practice field, it's always, uh, I don't know, it gets you, it gets you fired up for another football season, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You miss it, man. Like, I always miss the structure and everything that, the season brings so as we get closer to that I, I get i get excited plus you know i just love being there and in the mix man it's just what we we live for no question of course you know that you can follow uh this man at t davenport nfl you can check out the talking with td podcast you can read him on espn.com and we got some ball to talk today because they're back out on the practice field we got some ota availability coming up and got a chance to catch up with some of the players throughout the course of the weekend and into this week i do have to tell the people though td that the podcast is made possible by the great people at two rivers ford two rivers ford in mount juliet they'll hook you up the same way that they did for me whether you want an explore an escape an f-150 a mustang or any of their great quality american-made ford vehicles two rivers ford in mount juliet or online at two rivers ford.com uh let's uh let's start with rookie minicamp Tehran, and just kind of take it back to last weekend uh, Levis is the headline. What'd you think? Yeah. You know, seeing him in person was really good because you could see the way the ball jumps off his hands. He could really spin it really well. And then just, I enjoyed getting to talk to him. And when I asked him about how things translate for him and he was, you know, saying that you remember it one way, but you got to deprogram yourself and remember, okay, here we say it this way. I just like the makeup and it really makes me wonder. Now, obviously it was, we're talking what, 10, 11 minutes talking with the, with the young man, but I really wonder where those things about him having bad interviews came from because he was really good with us and he met extensively with the Titans and was really good with them. So I wonder where that came from and how that came about. Cause I didn't see anything like it. Right. Like even before we get to the on-field stuff and, and, you know, winning press conferences, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, win or lose. But, um, I was, that was the biggest thing that kind of stopped me or kind of caught my attention. Not what he looked like. I knew that not what he was going to be able to do on a practice field and a helmet and shorts knew that too. Like he looks really, really nice out there. It's rookie minicamp. It's one practice. There'll be plenty of time. Um, for him to go through all the bumps and bruises that come with a rookie season. But yeah. the, the interview part of it, because the whole thing was, I mean, some of the some of the tweets, and you, you always struggle with rumor mill type of pre-draft stuff that comes out there because you never mm -hmm. really know where it's coming from um, unless you're the person who's talking to people. And 
not everybody's honest during the pre-draft process, but right about that. poorly, the interactions <laughs> went with teams and then having our experiences with him. I mean, yeah. Tron, he felt as comfortable as humanly possible up there with us. And frankly, like, like we were dealing with a vet, like we've seen plenty of dudes who have been here for a while that don't interview that well, or don't like, aren't as comfortable or in command of this thing. And, you know, he wasn't too explicit in his explanation of things. He was, he was just as vague and bland as Mike Vrabel would want him to be. But I thought just in terms of demeanor and presence, like there was nothing there to indicate to me that that guy's a problem when it comes to like interacting. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that at all. But, I mean, you never know different strokes for different folks. Maybe someone doesn't like that upfront, transparent type of approach that he had. I mean, you even look how he has said that he got the autographed football from from Mike Vrabel. He, he didn't have to say that, but, you know, it was opening up a little bit. I appreciated his podium session, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, beyond the podium, how, how fair is it for Titans fans to – to be pleased with positive reviews from the day that we were out there, um, you know, to kind of some of them turned their or changed their position from initial anger, borderline outrage on draft night to, okay, you know, big, fast, whips it down the field, all the different things that you like to see at this time of year when it's just really a practice video. What's kind of a fair and balanced approach to Will Levis thus far? I think a tapered excitement is the approach. And obviously, you know, a lot of fans here are Rocky Top faithful. And him being from Kentucky, you know, that's that's oil and, and, and water. So it's not going to mix initially, but eventually I think that will come. I Really, when it, when it comes down to, and even all the way up into training camp, you know, I try not to get too excited or too down on, on anybody. I think it's, it's good to take it for what it's worth. Okay, you had a good performance today. It's rookie minicamp. You're going against guys who probably won't be there, but you know what? He still made some good throws. That's something to build on. Then the next time, right, when we go out there on Tuesday, okay, he's going against the third team. He made some good throws, something more to build on. Or, okay, he struggled. All right, well, let's see how he bounces back the next time we see him. That's really the best approach to not get too high or too low on anything. Right. And, and he kind of, he kind of spoke to that when he was at the podium with us. This is uh, from the press conference at rookie minicamp on Saturday. The first couple of days are going for you here with the Titans. Fun. First time, you know, playing ball in a long time. It's the game we all love. So the opportunity to come out here and, and just play and learn. Uh, it's just been a lot of fun and getting to know the guys, getting to know the coaches, getting to know the, the offense. Uh, a lot of work to do, but got a lot of good work in the last few days. Is that ultimately like the part of this that's most comfortable, just getting back into the routine of going through the process of getting ready for another football yeah. season? I think we all thrive on, on routines and stuff, you know, and I mean, obviously in the offseason we have a routine, but when, when you're in the building all day long in, in a camp environment like this, I feel like you got to just be that much more locked in. You got to be that much more in tune with, with everything that's going on. And uh, I think because of that, we're all able to learn so much in such a short amount of time. And I'm just so proud of all the, all the guys, all the new guys in here have handled it and have just gone out there and done their best and uh, executed at a high level. And he seemed, he seemed to thrive that way, right? He was, he was out there running the show on Saturday. Yeah, no, he was. And even, you know, running up to Josh Wiley after the, the throw into the team meeting that Wiley 
was able to pull it out. Vrabel had me cracking up when he called it that, but he was right. But the way that he was, even, you, you know, he connected with Colton Dow and went up to him and celebrated. Those are the type of things. It's small things, not huge in the big picture, but to see that type of stuff already, it's it's positive. So there will be plenty of time to talk about Will Levis. Um, from, from rookie minicamp, before we turn to some of the veterans uh, and what they had to say this week, um, you know, you brought up Colton Dow. I thought that he was good with us as well, as far as talking awesome. about, yeah. uh, you know, going through the process, tripping, tripping, fall, you know, coach hovering over you the whole time. Mike Vrabel's not an easy person to just have just in your ecosystem in general, but he handled it quite well. And it, and it, it, it seemed that his head coach appreciated the approach on the field and off the field too. um, expectations for a seventh round wide receiver, like, the angst that this fan base has, I I feel that there are going to be moments, Teron, where it's directed at Colton Dow if he makes the active roster even in ways that uh-huh. are going to feel unfair when it's the roster construction approach of the organization that has the wide receiver room looking the way that it does post-draft. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting just seeing how that goes. In my opinion, he's going to be kind of like, the next version of Nick Westbrook and Kenny, right? You, you come in, you might make a couple plays on offense, but you're going to cut your teeth on special teams. And we know his athleticism. That's where that contribution, in my opinion, is really going to come. And if you get something on top of that, hey, that's icing on the cake, honestly. Yeah. And and with Wiley, who had the nice play to end the practice that we were at, um, we know that the tight ends are going to be heavily featured in some form or fashion, how often they're targeted or, uh, you know, whether, whether Trayvon Wesco all of a sudden turns into a receiving tight end in Tennessee, cause that's what Jeff Swain was, I guess, for the first half of the season, um, yeah. remains to be seen. But, um, the play that ended practice, you know, the connection that those two, uh, look like they were starting to establish, he, he is the player in this draft class like right away that I'm most intrigued to kind of see what they're thinking with him because it took Chig some time to get incorporated that way these are not the same kind of players though this is this is a a Y you know split out option tight end uh that they've Mm -hmm. just acquired and we know how much they value the blocking element of that more than the receiving element of that yeah, he could work some H-back, too, for you. You, you watch him at Cincinnati. He did that at times. So I like what they have going on. And you're right, it is different from last year with Chig, who he played a little over 35%. I think it was like 37% of the snaps. You had Austin Hooper and Jeff Swain in the 50% each. So that hurdle was not really there for Wiley this year. Chig, we know he's going to play a lot. Wesco, we'll see. But I could really see them running a lot of 12 personnel packages. Obviously, we know that's one back, two tight ends. And you could get the opposing defense in some of their packages to try to match up. But then you flex those guys out. Why? Because both of them, you could do that, right? You could line them up over the numbers or in the slot or even just a, a tight flex. And now you have matchup advantages. So that's one way I think they're going to use Wiley. I could see that. I'm looking forward to seeing what Tim Kelly does as far as taking advantage of, you know, some of the matchups that they could create. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready for this. Uh, I got this live show coming up on Saturday, TD. Yeah. I'm trying to think of smart football questions um, as somebody who is not overwhelmingly football smart. 
uh, to ask Cosell about the idea of like play calling and if there's an approach that makes more sense than the other, right? I think the thing, and I was talking about this on the radio show, I was working through this today, like Art, I loved watching Art called plays because he could do so much out of one formation, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that limited, I mean, Derrick Henry's a giveaway when he's on the field, but it limited how big a giveaway Derrick was because you could run so many things and they, their personnel was different. I understand 2023 is not 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the other side of things, is it better and I guess this is team dependent to be able to run a lot of different formations um, the way that a lot of people want the Titans to try and do. I, I think that we know what they're, you bring up Tim Kelly. I think I know what it's going to look like. I think we all know what it's going to look like. It's just yeah. a dry. It's just a matter of, are there tendency changes and can they do more creative things out of those personnel sets that they really like to stick to? I think it's going to come down to concepts. And that's one of the things like Sean McVay, I love, Obviously, everybody loves his play calling, but he could give you the same play out of four or five different looks. But it's essentially the same daggone concept. And I think that's what Tim Kelly is going to need to do. And you could do that when you have versatile players like an Aconquo, like a, a, a Josh Wiley, or even Traylon Burks, for that matter. You could do a lot of your running back concepts by motioning him into the backfield and then running a swing route, like something as simple as that. Or you look at Tajay Spears, who is, I think, is going to be quietly a really good addition to this offense. You look at him, you could do some things wide receiver-wise where you can motion him out of the backfield and have him run receiver routes. So now you have interchangeable pieces that you could do the same things with, but just in different looks. Uh, we got some people commenting, TD is the GOAT. This is Derek on YouTube. We know this. Check is in the middle. That's right. Titan Fox, TD on the show. Awesome. The people love them some TD. Rishi says, seen Tehran at the Chargers versus Titans game. I said, what up? He's like, who's this dude? <laughs> Give him a little <laughs> no, sign. I said, what's up, Beck? Always. No, I, uh, it's, it's always fun to walk around, walk around pregame when we get to, and, you know, whether we're trying to work or finesse or get to run in some Titans fans, it's uh, the pregame activities and seeing people out is always fun on the road games. Yeah, yeah. Got to work that misdirection sometimes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're getting, you know, it's a, it's a refined skill set. TD is the goat, certainly, of many things, but the finesse is one of them. I'm just trying to learn these <laughs> learn these valuable ways. Um, yeah, right. Traylon Burks this yeah. week. Uh, a lot that we got out of Traylon. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've talked to him, but between what we're learning about this Titans offense from talking to Chig and talking to Tannehill and now Burks uh, to, you know, just basically the idea of, of how much different he f- looks like he feels Teron, Like when I say breathe, like he looked like he was breathing easier at the podium. Mm-hmm. There's some metaphorical sense to it, but apparently it's quite literal for him at this point. And you could almost tell just how much more relaxed he is right now than when we first got a hold of him. So much more relaxed and so much more comfortable. I remember the first presser after he got drafted, he came up and he had that that white jacket on and the shirt with like the top three or four buttons down. I was like, yo, you think you are Tubbs from Miami Vice? And I'm like, okay, uh, maybe you had to break the ice and they'll laugh. He just was like, and just kept, I, I said, all right, well, yeah, we're going to have to work on this guy. But we'll get there. Later Later on in the season, I remember going to him. I was like, hey, man, you seem like you're a lot more comfortable. 
how are things going? And he, he did say that. So now you see the next transition from that, the next step for him. And just the fact that he was able to, you know, how upfront he was, man. Like I could run faster because I could breathe. You know, uh, I wasn't trying to repeat last off season. I stayed here and worked on the breathe. Like he actually this time was encountering and working through what it was, the issue he had last year, as opposed to, Remember, a lot of it was just kind of like sidestep and was like pushed away, you know. But I, I like the fact that he did that. And then you look in the video, right? You see him pushing Racy McMath, right? You see him as the anchor on, on that relay, and he pushed it across and dove to the ground. And he looked up and he said, "Dubs." You know, those are the small things. And you start to see it also if you go back and you watch the Packers game. Uh, he ran by Jair Alexander, who, as you know, is one of my favorite, if not my favorite corners in the league. And after he caught the pass, he got up and he he did that right there, you know, too small. You know what I mean? And just those yeah. type of things, those are examples cool. of confidence going. And uh, it's good to see that progress this year, just as far as, like, talking to him. Yeah, no, the, the video that we're talking about, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's on all the Titan social media channels there. You know, we we famously Mike Vrabel uh, OTA conditionings, <laughs> conditioning <laughs> sessions are uh, the stuff of uh, legend as of late um, with a lot of the new guys talking about how they weren't used to stuff like sled relay <laughs> mid-May. Um, and Mike Vrabel seemed to really, really relish that part of it. But Traylon Burks is heavily featured and you can see those uh, those kind of themes that Teron is touching on. Yeah. Um, and I, in fact, I we've got a Traylon Burks clip I want to play for people, but I do have to quickly remind them that the podcast is made possible by Relax the Back. Nashville, your one-stop shop for a healthier lifestyle, healthier work, healthier play, healthier sleep is what Relax the Back Nashville has you covered on hashtag we got your back Nashville. Uh, you can check out their storefront in Green Hills. I love their office chairs. If you're looking for a new mattress, that's the spot to go to. Relaxtheback.com. Uh, this was Traylon Burks with the media, including Teron Davenport, on Monday. Did you change your diet or, and, and training and all that this offseason? Um, yes. Uh, I honestly would say I started training my diet around midway through the season last year, um, and it helped um, with me being able to stay on the field longer. And, um, you know, when I get when I would just say it eliminates me from making uh, mistakes when I'm tired and um, really just being a great football player and um, just being a being a Titan. <laughs> as far as size, weight, all that, anything different for you this year compared to last? Is you feel faster? Uh, I would say I feel faster because I can breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tissue instruction. I you say you've been here the whole time, but but has there been any kind of change of approach broadly or for you on on how to prepare yourself to avoid soft tissue stuff? No, sir. I would just say um, the main thing is being healthy. Um, so being able to practice, um, being out there running sprints, that helps eliminate me from uh, well, all athletes from making from hurting hamstrings or tearing something um so just being able to practice is the main thing and you know that's what i've been doing so trying to get him callous with those sleds td yeah yeah trying to get him callous you hear the belly laugh from him too man that's another example of the comfort level he has you know even even speaking to the mighty pk man <laughs> the mighty pk mighty mouse PK, <laughs> out here policing these streets um 
you know, I guess with with what we're looking forward, what are you looking forward to at OTAs? We're going to get out there on Tuesday. Um, we'll have the opportunity to talk to uh, Tim Kelly and Shane Bowen. It sounds like the coordinators are going to be available. We'll have practice and we'll have uh, a couple of players after the fact. Um, what are you most looking forward to seeing once we get a chance to see some of these rookies and vets mixing it up? Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully Landry. I think that's something I'll be looking forward to seeing how he's moving around and how he's doing. Um, hopefully Kevin Byard. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be there or not. But just really it's just seeing the guys out there. And then we'll start to see some of the things that Tim Kelly is is going to do with the offense, some of the personnel packages and stuff. So that's really what, what I'll be looking for. Yeah, it's uh, and you can get those observations. Follow this man on Twitter. Read him at ESPN.com. The Talking with TD podcast, the best breakdown on a week-by-week basis. That is available out there. Him and our main man, Chris Sanders. Uh, yeah, oh, Mookie Blaylock looking fool. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about belly laughs. That that uh, the, uh, the the segment with, with Chris is always good for a belly laugh. Yeah, um, we crack up. <laughs> no question. TD, I appreciate you spending some time and uh, – We'll chop it up again soon here at practice, my guy. All right, for sure.